We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is June 19th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, back from vacation. The co-host, Luke Silvia. What's going on, man? I'm back. I did not get sunburned. Um, I did take one of my children to the ER at 2 in the morning. Nice case of the croup. The croup cough. And uh, I do not wish that on any parent because it is the saddest thing in the world. Our eight-month-old had it. It sounded like a seal. And when he coughed and was hoarse, it was terrible, dude. Uh, so it took him 2 a.m. Can you luckily. can you give us your best impression of that sound? <laughs> no, I'm going to spare everybody uh, <laughs> not do that. But uh, yeah, so it just was, man. But it was good, uh, you know, being around family and all that. It was just my brothers and uh, their wives and the kids. There's like 14 of us in total. Uh, and it was just a good time, man. It's always a good time. We try to go every year to New Smyrna. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was good. I'm glad to be back, though. I was having FOMO. I cannot lie. Uh, on Wednesday night, when you guys were recording, that's why I popped into the Zoom. But I just had to take care of the kids and stuff, so I couldn't really listen to it in real time when you guys were recording. But uh, yeah, it's nice to nice to be back, and we are finally here. The week of the draft has made its return. As exciting as last year was, and it was very exciting. I'm equally as excited but also very nervous for this week. Yeah, three more days until the draft, the NBA draft coming up on Thursday, the 22nd at 8 o'clock. If you are in Orlando or you're near Orlando and can make it out Thursday night, the Magic are throwing a draft party at Amway Center. Doors are going to open at 6.30. Draft is going to start at 8, so we'll be there hanging out, sitting in section 106. So if you want to, Come sit with us, sit with a bunch of other Magic fans. That's where we'll be sitting. Uh, always a good time. Good to see everybody. And if you're there, please come say hi. We would love to meet you. Or if we haven't seen you in a while, we'd love to see you again. So again, that's going to be this Thursday. Doors open at 6.30. It is a ticketed event. So if you don't have tickets already, you can go into your Orlando Magic app. Or you can go to orlandomagic.com to get your free draft party tickets. You can reserve up to four of those. So you and three of your closest friends that may or may not be Magic fans, but have them come out. Again, Magic always do a great job putting on this event. And then after the picks are made, and, and when we feel like it's safe, that the Magic aren't, aren't going to do anything else crazy, uh, we're going to be recording an episode live from Amway again this year. So really grateful for the opportunity, one, and just excited to be able to do that again, like to be in that atmosphere and still have all of those thoughts and emotions and the reaction being still pretty raw and being able to go and, and make an episode and you know just talk about the magic like we do twice a week uh, but being able to do that right after the picks is was a lot of fun this year and i'm sure it'll be fun again this year or last yeah. year not this year yeah man I'm, I'm very very excited can't really emphasize that enough for this week and one more thing if you are coming out to the draft party before the draft party outside Amway, we're going to have like a little camera rig set up where our boy Ben, who 
actually joined the team as our event coordinator a few years ago, but Ben is also going to be helping us out with content this year. We'll be out there a little bit before the draft party uh, to get your guys' thoughts on you know what you want the Magic to do, get your predictions on what you think the Magic will do with their picks at 6 and 11. Are they going to keep them? Are they going to trade one away? If they keep both of them, who are they going to pick? Do they try to move up? There's a lot of different possibilities on draft night for the Magic. So we'll be out there with Ben before the draft party to capture your thoughts. We'll have a camera and microphone, all that kind of stuff set up. So we'll be recording uh, content for the YouTube channel. And then again, when we feel like it's safe, Ben's going to head back outside Amway while we go to record the podcast. He's going to be getting people's thoughts as they're leaving the draft party on their opinions on what the Magic did or, or maybe the, what the Magic didn't do. So if you're, if you're there at all, if you want to give your thoughts and out to the world, you know we're, we're kind of giving fans a platform to, to be able to share their thoughts and opinions on the team and, and what it is that they do on draft night. So be sure to, to seek us out, seek out Ben. Again, we'll be like right in front of Amway. So that's going to be really fun too, Luke. Yeah. Luke, you missed this. I guess, well, the reveal we talked about on the last episode, but this week on Monday, the Magic revealed their 35th anniversary logo for next season. So for the Magic's 10th year anniversary, 15, 20, 25, 30, and now 35, the Magic have made like, you know, definite like unique logos, I guess I should say, for each of those anniversary seasons. And the Magic revealed theirs on Monday. It is super similar to the one from last year. But in my opinion, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when you're using these retro logos, it is no secret. If you can see the the tat right here, you know what is my favorite Magic logo. So anytime they use that, I'm going to be happy about it. But Luke, what did you think about the 35th anniversary logo? Yeah, I mean, from the jump, I, I wasn't like... Like I knew that it. The reason I was excited about the logo was because I know that it implies what jerseys, right? And just getting it out there in the community of what era of Magic jerseys you know they will be using in the upcoming season. You think that's what it is? I've never put that together. It's gotta be. I think it's gotta be because what the uh, depends who you ask. There are some folks on Twitter who think it it may not be a logo from that specific era. Right. Well, that's it's all. That's the fun of it, but it feels. Hey, speaking of anniversary logos, this cup, I didn't even realize there. this. I got the 25th. Yeah, I'd have to go and look and match up jerseys to eras and all that kind of thing, but I feel like there's got to be connection. Um, and and so that's why I was excited about the logo. I don't really care about the, the logos per se like that for like the anniversaries. I care more about the jerseys. I think everybody cares more about the jerseys, but it is really cool. Uh it's just see us continually embrace that era and i'm excited to see what the jerseys look like because that's got to be that's got to be coming next i don't remember when they were you know announced last year's but it's the next thing in that whole process i'm sure so i don't mean to be confrontational when i say this but this is the 25th anniversary logo there's nothing about this logo i think that really well no there's kind of like black pinstripes in the back so mm. there may be something to that theory because this year the 25th anniversary season which was the 2014 2015 season they used the the black pinstripes that mm. year so maybe maybe there's something to your your logic we'll have to wait and see it my guess is probably going to be at least another couple of months before we start to yeah. see like official jersey reveals if i'm not mistaken last year it was like august or perhaps even september but the fact that we're getting another throwback jersey is a win for everybody. I, people have been mm-hmm. begging for that for literally years, probably since the last throwback jersey that we had in 1819. So you can't go wrong with throwback magic jerseys unless you're going with like the mid 2000s, like just plain block jerseys. Those were absolutely terrible. I know you're not a big fan of the stars because you say they look like pajamas, whatever. Everybody else loves them. So if they're the stars or if they're pinstripes, it's like almost impossible to go wrong, I think. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see. If it's stars, I'll be a little irritated, but we'll see. <laughs> if it's stars, I'll feel a little bit irritated. Will you buy it if it's stars? Mm-mm. Wow, that is, so. that is blasphemy. I'd Wanted buy to like give... Palo and another jersey. Oh my goodness. All right. 
just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to our boy Kobe Price. I know we mentioned a few episodes back. If you haven't heard already, Kobe Price is leaving the Orlando Sentinel. He's not going to be covering the Orlando Magic anymore. He's moving to Los Angeles to co- cover the freaking Lakers. Like if you, you grow up wanting, maybe not a specific team, you just want to be like an NBA writer. Not many better jobs than covering the Los Angeles Lakers. So we've mentioned this, but incredibly like well-deserved from Kobe. But the 22nd, the night of the draft, is going to be Kobe's last day or last night covering the Orlando Magic. So once again, we just wanted to wish Kobe Price well. Thank you for all the incredible coverage that you've given the Magic for you know the, the past you know, year and a half plus. And best of luck in, in Los Angeles. We love you, but uh, you're you're the enemy now. <laughs> yeah, I think what you said was like, uh, respectfully, I'm preying on on your team's downfall. Essentially, exactly. So I, that is I exactly also what I said to Kobe. Very happy for Kobe, but I also do share the sentiment that uh, come Lakers, Lakers magic. I hope the magic just run them out of the arena, no matter what arena they're in. I can't wait. Truth. All right, this episode is brought to you by our wonderful patrons. We do have a brand new patron, Currency Kev, who joined at the elite level. And then our good buddy, Magic Static, who's been a patron and a follower of the show for a long time. He took the jump from the uh, Hall of Fame tier all the way up to our elite tier. And I might have said Hall of Fame for Currency. He joined at the elite tier as well. So I want to give both of those gentlemen a big shout out. Really, really appreciate your support. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, we do have a Patreon community. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Really what you're doing is you're partnering with the show financially and helping support us do everything it is that we do. Like we just had a, a meeting with our um, Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons. With those groups of patrons, we do a monthly Zoom call with them. And on the last call that we had this week, like we had, I wanted to reiterate to them that all of the awesome things that we've been able to do as a show is literally not possible without our patrons. So if you were one of these folks that came out to our draft lottery watch party last month and you saw like the, the big stage and all the like production that we were able to bring and then able to record the podcast after that and giving away a autographed Paolo Bancaro basketball, none of that happens without a all of our patrons. So um, if you want to be a part of that and you want to help just kind of further our mission, which is to to make more uh, passionate and knowledgeable Magic fans and also grow Magic fans in numbers, just in general, we want more Magic fans. So if you want to support us in that, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we shout out our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons on every episode. So we'll start with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Magic Static, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael, uh, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, uh, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund, Logone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reekin, Shahan 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Nick G, and Currency Kev. A big shout out to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, again, we are just three days away from this year's NBA draft. It feels like for the past month, we've been talking at nauseum about what the Magic may, will, maybe not, will not do with these picks. Will they keep both of them? Will they trade both of them? Will they keep one and trade the other? Will they trade back? Will they trade up? They keep the picks. Who are they going to pick? Well, what if this guy's there? Then who will they take? What, what if that guy's gone? Will they trade back? Will they reach for this guy? We've been talking about all of these scenarios now for the past month with a multitude of guests and draft experts and just you know NBA experts in general. What I thought might be helpful or, or fun, at least, again, we got just three days left until this draft happens. I don't know how much more analysis we can really give at this point. We've had so many people on talking about all of these players. 
what I thought might be fun is for you and I to go through like a magic mock draft, almost like a magic big board. So what Luke and I are going to do, we are going to start with the first pick and we'll say, okay, if the magic were in this pick, the first pick, who would they take? Obviously it's Victor Wembanyama. Everybody knows that. So we'll go from one, then we'll go to two and we'll say, okay, Victor is gone. Number one, if the magic were picking second, who would we take? All right, we'll go through our takes, then we'll go to third. All right, let's say the Magic were picking third, and this guy is gone, and this guy is gone. Now, who would we take? So Luke and I are going to go one through 11, because right now the Magic hold the sixth pick and the 11th pick. I don't expect us to be picking in the first round later than 11, unless they decide to trade the 11th pick and, and, and trade back. So we'll kind of go through this exercise and really just see like, hey, these are the guys that we really value and really like. And hey, are we willing to, to take a Grady Dick at six? Are we willing to reach for this guy because we really like him? So we're really not coming at this from like overall talent, but just if the Magic were in this spot and you were the one making the decision, who would you pick? Yeah. So Luke, do we mm-hmm. do we need to start at one or? No, I mean, I, I think, think we, it's we we kind of know that one. All right. So let's let's go to two. So Victor Wembanyama is off the board. Doesn't matter what team took him. The Magic have the second pick in the draft. Who are you picking and why? Here, I'm going to be picking Brandon Miller. And I think that... Whoa, this is... All right, this is going to be more entertaining than I thought. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be picking Brandon Miller. And the reason for this is because I just feel like we've heard report after report that that Scoot has been you know, struggling in workouts or just maybe not what they thought and all of that right and that's what comes with the territory of being in the g league like you yes it's it's just very different and the the game is different than college evaluating them scouting them is different not to say scoot doesn't go three right in this in my you know in my mind but brandon miller especially for the magic i i mean seven and a half threes a game at 38 percent. that's really enough for me to say i'd like to have this guy we're adding complimentary pieces at this point. If they end up panning out as all-stars, then awesome. But I'm adding a guy that can contribute, and I think Brandon Miller will be able to contribute right away. And I, I, I just I, I feel pretty good about Brandon Miller at two. So two for me is, is Scoot Henderson. There's been so much Brandon Miller to the Hornets talk. I think I might have mentioned this to Kevin on one of our, our last couple of episodes. It's starting to feel a little bit Jabari Smith Jr. at one to me like it's being talked about so much that like I really expect it to not happen and over the past I mean really for the last year since Paolo has been the pick and was immediately so evident like in summer league of hey this is why this guy was the pick and that other guy wasn't I've been trying to kind of like self-analyze like where did I go wrong in thinking Jabari Smith was the pick and I don't mean this as like a cop-out, and I understand this is going to sound like a cop-out. I think I was just so blinded by the media smokescreen. Everybody's saying it's Jabari, it's Jabari, it's Jabari. I'm like, if, if they really know this, there must be something that I'm not seeing. And, and we said that multiple times. Like, this guy doesn't look like the number one pick right now. But if this is a guy that the Magic are convinced could turn into another, a number one option down the road, then he's your pick at number one. Like, if he's your guy, he's your guy. And this time around, regardless of what everyone's saying, I'm just kind of sitting back and looking at the two prospects in a vacuum, and I just don't really see the argument for Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson, regardless of what we've heard in, in, in workouts. I know like the Charlotte workout especially heard that he performed really well in that one. Just looking at the tape and like looking at the amount of talent, like to me, it's, it's not even really particularly close. I think there's three tiers at the top of this draft. Victor's in his own, Scoot is in his own, and then Brandon Miller is, is in his own as well. Um, all the other kind of fit stuff, the Magic at some point over the next several years are going to have to make some really difficult decisions. Decisions that in the moment are really going to hurt. I think back to 2021, the trade deadline, when they moved Nikola Vucevic, absolutely broke my heart. But we're sitting now a little bit over two years past that. If you ask me if I would do that again, I'm doing that every single time because in the long run, it was what was best for this team. And I think there's a a real path to 
if the Magic were to draft Scoot, I don't think it's going to happen. Although we've heard, you know, in air quotes, that the Magic are desperate to to jump up to number two. There was a report that came out today from some podcast that the Magic are desperate. Every team would love to to trade up to number two. It doesn't mean anything. We learned last year. Nobody knows what the Magic are doing, especially when it comes to the draft. But you take Scoot and you are, I don't know if it's Jalen. I don't know if it's Cole. I don't know if it's Markel. Sooner rather than later, one of those guys probably will not be here. There's going to be difficult conversations. Fans are going to hate it at first. But we keep saying, trust the front office. And if they are going to, if they were in the position to draft Scoot, and they drafted Scoot, and it, the writing is on the wall that one of our guards is probably going to be out at some point, I would trust that they're going to figure it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you... So then at three, you've got Brandon Miller, I'm assuming? Yep, I sure do. Okay. For so all the reasons that you mentioned. Yep, so I'm I've obviously there at that spot, got Scoot there at three. Who is your fourth, fourth option here? <sighs> say it it's a men okay it's a men thompson and i don't i don't love the fit for the magic just when i look at him compared to the other prospects in this draft he's just so talented at everything else except shooting the basketball and i know how bad that sounds but i just i don't feel comfortable at the fourth pick passing up that level of talent for a a guy who i may think is a better fit Amen is a guy who I also feel like is kind of in his own tier. Like I don't think he's quite there with Brandon Miller, but I have him above like Jarris Walker, Asar, his twin brother, Cam Whitmore. I have him above these other guys. And we already have a, a point guard in Markel Fultz who does a lot of the things that Amen does. And we all love Markel. Like we don't hate the fact that Markel Fultz is on our team. So if Amen could be better than Markel potentially because that's what you're betting on if you're taking that kid at four if he just can't shoot and it looks like Markel will never be able to shoot there are so many people that are like married to Markel being the point guard of this team for a long long time and I would not hate that whatsoever but if the magic decided we really believe in this young kid that we're taking with the fourth pick and he's our point guard of the future again we're gonna and I might get killed for this on Twitter or, or YouTube or wherever, but there's going to come a time. It may not be Markel, but there's going to be somebody that we really believe in as a fan base that the front office is going to say, you know, we believe in a different guy just a little bit more and it's really going to hurt. But if we believe in this front office, the way that we all say that we do, I'm just going to trust that they're making the correct decision. And I just have a hard time seeing a team at four passing over that level of talent. So I'm going to say something and you got to tell me if I'm crazy. I just complete transparency. I'm not, I'm trying, I'm really not. And maybe I should, I probably should, but I'm not relying a whole lot like on a bunch of like scouting videos. I'm doing a lot of reading on your articles, mock drafts, full evaluations of these guys. I'm going to read you. I won't reveal this yet who I'm taking here. I'm going to read you. So Kevin O'Connor does, you know, as we know, the mock draft for the ringer and he lists, I really love it. He lists like attributes like, and gives them names at the top of their evaluation. Here's the evaluations for the person that I would be taking in this spot. I just want to say uh, one 
thing really quickly. Kevin O'Connor mm. was a huge Mo Bamba guy. That's fair. I love but. Kevin O'Connor. I love his work. I feel like he's fantastic. But I, I've learned that I can't take the, what Kevin O'Connor says as gospel. To, to be fair, this is, Kevin O'Connor does not have this guy going at the spot. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. So, it, it, no, he does. No. So, here's the topics for this player. Positional versatility, athleticism, feel for the game, and quote-unquote got that dog in him. To me, it just screams Orlando Magic. And so for that reason in this spot, I've got Cam Whitmore. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you said he, got that dog in him, because that, that was the first thing that I said about Cam is he's a dog. He is. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, man, I, you, you talked about it, right? Like you had mentioned that he's got that dog in him. You've been, you said that when you first, you know, I remember when we first talked about Cam Whitmore. And, and so but my favorite part of the whole scout that KOC put together was in talking about just really his it, it kind of encapsulates who cam whitmore is where he says koc says explosive athlete who doesn't need space to elevate for dunks if there's an offensive rebound op, rebounding opportunity he's coming for your head and I, I just think that with those with that kind of blurb of that as well as the characteristics that are listed that i talked about he feels like a magic guy to me just kind of tenacious going to do the right thing is going to hustle going to make the right plays and he also has the ability to turn into a respectable three-point shooter if he's not already when he comes into the league shot 34 percent in college at villanova on four attempts a game so he just has a lot going for him and there's still question marks about the thompson twins whether people want to talk about it or not you know there's some people who have completely dismissed the talent level of the ote I'm not here to talk about really the talent level. I'm just here to address that there's still skepticism. And so for that, if I'm the GM, if I'm the front office, I just feel more comfortable with Cam Whitmore. That is not to say I feel more comfortable about anybody else in this draft over the Thompson twins, but I do feel comfortable with Cam Whitmore and taking him in this spot. I think that he's just at the very least going to be able to contribute to a contending team in the future. Yeah, Cam, and the reason that I have a men over Cam, because I have Cam at, at five. I guess mm. that's this is a good segue to five. The reason that I have a men over Cam is because I do see the potential for a men to be a primary ball handler at times for like good stretches. Like if Paolo and Franz both come out of the game, I think it's entirely possible that you could run your offense through a men. Cam is a guy who I see even in like his best career arc being like a primary, but most likely like tertiary playmaker, especially if he gets drafted to the magic like in, in any kind of lineup with him, Franz Paolo, like it's going to be the Paolo and Franz show. And then cam like every, you know, five, 10 possessions, like making a play for himself and, you know, or, or getting to the rim or, or knocking down like a, a pull up three. I love those elements of Cam's game that he is able to do quite a bit off the bounce. Now, there are questions about him being like a ball stopper and not really having much to him right now as a playmaker. I'm not really concerned about that because I'm not really going to be asking him to be a playmaker. But like you go through the NCAA and every team kind of has their system. But the guys who are capable of being top five, top six picks a lot of those guys have like ball stopper tendencies to them. Most of the time, these guys are the best player on any NCAA floor at any given time. So sometimes they're going to decide, hey, it's my turn and I'm just going to go score. And they're capable of doing that. I also think if that's a real concern that you have, I feel like that's one of those things that you can be coached out of. We talk about all the time. It seems like every rookie scouting report you read there's questions about his shot selection or his decision-making or turnovers. That's just the case with 18, 19-year-old basketball players. Almost every single one of them, especially guards and wings who have the ball in their hands a lot, those are always question marks with them. But again, Cam's ability to do some stuff off the dribble, I could see him projecting as being a good shooter. And then like defensively, the defensive versatility that he has, I feel like complements what this team does really well. But for some of those reasons I just mentioned, I still have a men a tier above him but cam at five is the pick yeah so we've kind of got it flipped here right so a man for me is fifth 
which leads me into the sixth pick here, Jonathan. My sixth pick is Asar Thompson. I, I just think, like I said, you know, I felt comfortable putting Cam over the Twins, but I don't know that I feel really comfortable or confident enough in anybody else in the draft to put Asar below those guys. So with that being said, I'm going to go with Asar at this spot. I, I just think that he brings, obviously, we all know the athlete that both the Thompson twins are. Uh, he brings that, obviously, his athleticism, which I think the Magic would enjoy. The off-ball defense, being a huge guard, being able to uh, do things like rebound, uh, finish at the rim. And I, I just think that at the spot for me, Asar's got to be there. So at six... Or, or I'm sorry, where are we now? Yeah, we're at six, six now. Six. Sorry, <laughs> lost count. It was really close for me, but I have Jairus Walker at six. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, and I guess I'll just go full spoiler here, I have Asar at seven. Like It was super close for me with those two guys. But Jairus' ability to be a, like a really special, versatile defender is certainly there. When you add his kind of like natural playmaking ability, and I do think there is a route for him to do a little bit off the dribble. And the three-point shot is developing as well for Jairus Walker. In terms of being like a complimentary piece and being some sort of like a connector for the Magic, like not a guy that you're going to ask to do a ton, but is going to be able to put other guys in the right spots and and not make mistakes on the defensive end. Uh I, I just see Jarris as being a guy that I could see the Magic really valuing. I'm not going to say that he's Draymond Green or Wendell Carter. I think he has like a, a decent mix of both of those guys you know, in terms of their playmaking. I, I think you would probably agree with this. Wendell doesn't get enough credit nationally in terms of his playmaking ability, but I see a lot of Jarris Walker in that. And then when you talk about his defensive versatility, I'm not saying he's going to be Draymond Green. But I do think he has a, a, a real potential to be a, a really disruptive defender at multiple positions and a guy that like could be like a defensive hub in certain respects. Mm. The reason I, I just I didn't go Asar um, is because I, I do see like the flashes from him. I don't see as as much as a man, and that's probably why we both have a man ranked ahead of Asar, but he's not that far behind Jarris for me. The thing that Asar has for him is that even more so than a men, I could see his three-point shot developing. And, and if I was more confident in that, I would probably put him above Jairus, but I'm not quite there. Yeah, Jonathan, I actually think that Jairus Walker fits really well with this team. And so, you know, for you, you've got Jairus there at, uh, I believe, six is what you said, and then Asar at seven. So mine is Asar six. We're flip-flopped again. A lot of flip-flopping happening. Asar at six for me, Jairus Walker at seven uh, for me as well. So I, for me, the reason that I really think that Jairus fits well is because just for his, his size, he's six, eight, he still has the ability to get rebounds, which you and I can agree the amount of times that we watched the magic play last year, where it just seemed like the magic frustratingly, were not getting rebounds. They weren't getting well, it. You have, you have the to glass. box out to get rebounds. <laughs> exactly. And Jairus Walker is going to do that. There's no doubt about it. So I do think for that reason alone can be very uh, enticing for the magic as well as just his ability to guard. He can guard multiple, multiple positions and he's uh, his ability to just kind of be positionless out there for the magic would be pivotal. And just the way that this team runs, right? If you're looking at guys where you got what at this point you, you could be looking at a, you know, four of your positions, being like six nine, six ten at any given time on the court. You throw in Jarris Walker, six eight, who can rebound, guard out on the perimeter, he could easily be a two in a big lineup, which is crazy to think about. But he would be able to do that due to his versatility on defense, like I said, ability to get boards, good finisher, all those sort of things can become, as you said and, and talked about respectable three-point shooter we would say to give kind of further insight almost three attempts a game from three in college at houston and shot 34.7 percent. so the potential is there for him i don't mind that at all i think jairus walker with seven i think he could be above asar potentially but i again i i was just more comfortable putting asar there now 
my eight spot, Jonathan, is Taylor Hendricks. Shooting, 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 length. He's got it. So for me, it's really as simple as that with Taylor Hendricks. We talked about him before on the pod, so I don't want to spend too much time. But for me, Taylor Hendricks is the guy for the Magic at 8. Yeah, this is the first one that we've agreed on, I think, after Victor, right? Like every, everywhere yep. else, we've just been kind of flip-flopping back and forth. So yeah, I have Taylor Hendricks at 8. The obvious, it's, it's no secret that we need forward depth and we need an, another big. Taylor is not a guy that I think from day one is going to be able to be like a small ball five, but I think over time as his body develops and he becomes more accustomed to the NBA game, I could see him playing small ball five. Sort of in the same vein with Mo Wagner last year where he wasn't like a perfect answer as the backup five, where against you know kind of quicker bigs, difficult time staying in front of them, but against bigger bigs just kind of was at a disadvantage physically I guess is the best way to put it but I could see Taylor Hendricks coming in and it not being a a perfect scenario for us but if he's your backup five he's going to be quick enough to stay in front of some of those smaller bigs but I think he is probably going to get you know dominated a little bit more physically like everybody talks about can this guy guard Embiid can this guy guard Jokic like nobody can guard those guys so that's not really what we're talking about but just on like a night-to-night basis are you able to handle you know most of the centers in the league when you add that when you talk about his shooting ability you know shooting above 40 percent from three at UCF this year sort of like Jairus but I think Jairus has a little bit more potential in terms of a ball handler and creator Taylor definitely isn't the the playmaker that Jairus is going to be. And I, I think Jairus's innate ability to do that isn't something that is really teachable, which is why I value it so much. Like I don't I just don't see guys learn to be able to do that at a high level. I think that's something that you either have or you don't have. But when we look at the playoffs and, and what wins, you usually need a good shot blocker around the rim and a guy that can, you know, you can roll run pick and roll with, potentially can pick and pop but a guy that you can throw up lobs to and finish at the rim. And Taylor Hendricks can definitely do that. I don't, I don't love like comparing him to Mo Bamba because Mo Bamba is like the last big shooter that we had that kind of turned into a little bit of a project. But if you're comparing Taylor Hendricks to Mo Bamba, first of all, they're not the same size, so it's not really apples to apples. But just in terms of their game, Taylor Hendricks already, I believe, is a better shooter than Mo Bamba was when he was drafted here. Uh, when we talk about energy and and motor and drive, I think Taylor Hendricks has more of that. And I was begging Mo Bamba to roll to the rim for like four years. What was it? Four or five years that he was here. And Taylor Hendricks gives that to you. So um, yeah, this was kind of a no brainer for me at eight would be Taylor Hendricks. Okay. So we both got Hendricks at eight. It's a miracle. We agree on Taylor Hendricks. Now, I think this is where it gets interesting, Jonathan. I think this is where you and I might not even have guys in the same, like, like you might have a guy here that I don't even have on my list. Same for me. I'm not sure. I would sure. be disappointed if that's true. You would be disappointed. Okay. Well, here at the nine spot for me, I'm going with a guy that Keandre Hoop Intellect was hyping up on our episode with him and talking about the draft. And to his credit, as of late, is shooting up draft boards here in the last week or two and that is none other than kobe buffkin Mm. for me at nine kobe buffkin the reason that i start thinking about buffkin and and being a fit for this team i would love we've talked about it right the magic need shooting the magic need a backup big i think that there could come a point where buffkin can be the answer off the bench until he's ready to start at the point guard position for this team I, I I know that we've got Jalen. I know we've got Cole. Cole, I want to see more off the ball. Jalen showed more uh, flashes at you know w- with his shooting to make me think he could play the two guard spot comfortably, especially in the bench unit with Buffkin or maybe eventually Markel Fultz, depending on how Buffkin does in in that point guard battle. But Buffkin is great handling the ball. He averaged about three assists per game there in college, which we know the college numbers. 
they they tend to be a lot lower than the NBA numbers as far as translation. He also is able to rebound four and a half rebounds a game at six four, something the Magic could benefit from. They like rebounding guards, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, things of that nature. Uh, and then shoots the ball well, almost four attempts a game, thirty five point five percent. So Bufkin to me, I have no problem here taking him at nine. We're getting into the territory where I could probably see whoever we say pick for pick here at those spots. But I just love what Kobe can bring to the table and kind of be we all I also what I'm getting at here, Jonathan, is we knew how much of a blessing it was to have Markel Fultz back. The Magic's record with Fultz as opposed to without speaks for that. Having that calming presence, someone who can navigate the pick and roll at the NBA level. I think Kobe Bufkin can do that. Don't get me wrong. He's got, he could definitely, you know, he's going to have to improve in that area as well. But I think he has shown the chops and the potential to be pretty good in the pick and roll. I think that he'd just be awesome to have. So he's been climbing in a lot of mock drafts the way that we saw Jalen Hood Shafino climb up, you know, in, in recent weeks. And I think Woj was on ESPN a few days ago talking about Kobe Bufkin shooting up the, the, you know, the, in mock drafts and, and, and projections. And he kind of gave the impression that he thought it was due to the fact that now that he is like not agreeing to work out for certain teams and he's not disclosing his medical information to certain teams, that they're suspecting that he has a promise somewhere in the lottery. And because of that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but based off of what Woj was saying, that other teams might be like, wait a minute, is there something about this Kobe Bufkin guy that we are not seeing since another team has promised him? So I, I wonder, and more likely than not, this is wrong. Is there some chicanery going on where his agent's like, you know what, we're gonna, we're just not going to work out for anybody <laughs> anymore, and we're going to let the rumors spread, and your draft stock is just going to grow because we're not going to work out for anybody. We're going to make them think that we have a promise from some other team. I wouldn't hate the the Kobe Bufkin pick at eight, but it, it just kind of feels like it's like it, it's come out of nowhere. And it probably isn't coming out of nowhere. Like he's been you know, working out for teams, I'm sure. The other thing is like he's a Michigan guy. We know that the Magic value their Michigan guys. You know, we have Caleb, we have Franz, we have Mo Wagner. We're basically becoming like, you know, University of Michigan South. But yeah, so I don't have Kobe Bufkin on my list at all here. Number nine for me is is Grady Dick, a guy that we've been talking about for months and months and months. I don't really need to speak too much to the fit. Incredible shooter, has the ability to be a great off-ball shooter, movement shooter, all those kinds of things. Has a little bit in terms of attacking closeouts. There, he's not a great defender, but he's not a cone either. I think he can grow there. And then also just like the stuff, you know, in terms of like feel for the game, finding guys off cuts, offensive rebounds, stuff like that. Just it is such a need for this team. And Grady Dick is arguably the best player in this draft at that shooting. And he brings other things to your team, you know, in terms of defense, hustle, feel for the game. And I do think there's the chance. I don't think that it's super likely, but I do think there's a chance that eventually he becomes more offensively than just this guy who's going to knock down open threes and that you're going to run like pin downs for and stuff like that. So number nine, I've got Grady Dick. Okay. So for me, number uh, number 10, we talk about the backup center position. I'm going Derek Lively. Derek Lively averaged two and a half blocks a game in 20 minutes at Duke. The dude just is, is able to alter shots block shots and provide uh, just a tenacity there on the offensive end as well. I've seen a lot about him being a lob threat. I would love a good lob threat. Just somebody that is just consistently looking, putting his, his finger up to the sky, telling him, throw me one just would be electric in Amway. You need a backup big at this spot. I do not hate at all taking Derek lively there at the 10th. So 10 for me is Jordan Hawkins and really a lot of the same thinking for Grady Dick shooting, shooting, shooting like Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, all shooters. If it's not going to be Grady Dick for me, it's Jordan Hawkins. Like if you're waiting to get your shooter at 11, I know we're not quite to 11 yet, but 
in the Magic's case, if you're waiting to get a shooter at 11 and Grady is gone at 9 or 10, to me it's Jordan Hawkins. Arguably just as good of, if not a better shooter than Grady Dick. You could probably argue that, especially on the move, he's more advanced than Grady Dick is currently and has shown sort of the same flashes. Maybe some more flashes of being able to do things off the dribble and finish at the rim more so than Grady Dick. Uh, but in terms of like defensively, Jordan Hawkins is a guy who is going to have to fill out a bit more to handle some of the more physical matchups around the league, but is going to be able to hold his own there. I think maybe not from day one, but probably not too long after that. But the biggest thing for me is the Magic have to come away with shooting from this draft. So for me, 10, Jordan Hawkins. Okay, I have a question. In looking at mocks, I've not seen a ton of Jordan Hawkins like super high. I'm seeing, for instance, pull up right now, I have a couple. Uh, One that I'm looking at right now, the Ringer, KOC's got him at 21. Uh, CBS, uh, let's see who did this one, just so I can credit. Kyle Boone has him at 24. I don't know what I'm missing. Dude shoots 39% from three. You would think that he'd be up there higher. In mocks that you've seen, Jonathan, is he mocking in the in the 20s for you too? Or is it? Or am I just looking at the wrong ones? So weeks ago when we started this process, there was a lot of Jordan Hawkins mock to the Magic at 11. I do think there is such such a thing as mock draft fatigue where you do these mock drafts week after week after week. And at some point, you either get too cute or you're, you just talk yourself out of certain guys. I, I can't speak to if that's the case with Jordan Hawkins, but I, I really don't know what could change from him being mocked as high as 11th. And I've heard, or I, I've read, rather, than Jordan Hawkins has been shooting the lights out in all of his workouts, which I'm, I'm really not surprised by. But yeah, I've seen the same thing. I think really even earlier than the last couple of weeks, I think pretty early on, Kevin O'Connor has always kind of had him mocked in like the late teens or in the 20s. But more and more mocks, I'm seeing that. And I I do think that there's a chance that you just make mock after mock after mock and your thinking changes and you move certain guys up, you move other guys back. And you may not even really know the reasons why you're doing it because you're just doing it again and again and again. and like. For example, I'll go back to the Jabari Smith Jr. thing last year. Jabari Smith, as early as like January, February, was talked as being the number one overall pick. And really, like if you just look at even Chet Holmgren, it was pretty clear who was going to be the better player early on. But you just you keep hearing things and you kind of talk yourself into it. So I don't really know if the Magic are going to use both picks, even if they're like reaching a little bit for Jordan Hawkins, I, I'm fine with it. If your goal is to get your guy and to get shooting, reach a little bit and and leave happy that you got your guy. Yeah. So uh, th- I was curious about that. And and for me, my 11 spot is Grady Dick. So my, like I said, 10 for me, lively, 11, Grady Dick. I, I think for the same reasons that you talked about, Jonathan, really not much else to add there. I can just shoot the crap out of the ball, get him on our team. That kind of rounds out my 11. 11 for me is Derek Lively. So when we talk about needing a backup five, a guy who is a rim protector, is a lob threat, has, I, I don't want to say shown potential as a shooter because you, you really shouldn't take too much from like these pro days, these pro day workouts. But the pro day workouts that we saw, he was shooting the ball pretty well and the form didn't really look bad at all. So I'm wondering, like, can that guy eventually grow into a little bit of a stretch big? Who knows? But if the Magic need a, a backup five, you know, if you're you're picking at 11 and, and Derek Lively is the guy, I will not be mad at all. So I have Derek Lively at 11. And then a guy who almost uh, was 11 for me that I, I added as an honorable mention, this is a guy who's also been climbing up mock drafts in recent mm-hmm. weeks, is Bilal Koulibaly. Right, the 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 size, the length, the athleticism, the the defense, uh, you know, the ability to get to the rim. I just, yeah, I could I could see him. I don't know that I would be thrilled about the pick initially, but I could very much see him being a magic kind of guy, a guy that the that this front office would like. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, he's got the athleticism. He's great off ball. He brings a lot that is desirable. He defends his butt off as well. And everything that I saw about Koulibaly is that after their kind of tournament run recently where they made the finals and then lost, I believe, Koulibaly really asserted himself into shooting up mock drafts. So like you said, hearing a lot about him, wouldn't be shocked to see him climb into top 11 come draft night here on Thursday. All right. Well, that's our magic big board again, three days until the NBA draft. So we're going to have an episode coming out Thursday morning as a little dry draft primer, get you guys ready for that night. And then we'll have an episode coming out Friday, maybe even Thursday night. Who knows as quickly as we can, once the picks are made, just, kind of talking about what happened with the Magic Draft and and giving our opinion and and kind of looking forward beyond that. So again, we've said this a ton of times, but if you all are going to be in Orlando Thursday night, they're going to have the draft party at Amway. Doors open at 6.30. Tickets are free. Go to orlandomagic.com or get them in your Orlando Magic app. And then the draft starts at 8 o'clock. Before and after the draft, we're going to have our boy Ben outside Amway getting your predictions and then getting your reactions after the draft. So be sure to seek us out. If you want to be on the YouTube channel, Uh, this is your chance folks. So be sure to do that. Um, But Luke, I think that's it. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for Wednesday night when we record for Thursday. It's going to be an exciting week. I was talking to producer Kevin about it the other day. It was just like, man, I'm, I'm nervous. There's so many different things that this front office could do that, you know, the Magic might not even use both picks in the first round. Probably won't use that second round pick. It's just a lot that can happen on draft night. Nervous excitement, more so nervous just because anytime a team is making decisions about what guys are going to be on the team, anything can happen. So looking forward to it. But that's going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.